Sawade de Skipoli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. What we're going to do today is, um, I think I'm just going to kind of do an episode that I've done in the past, but it's been quite a while talking about and diving fully and deeply into the first declension in Latin, understanding what a declension is, why Latin uses declensions, and why we may very well do not in English. Um, so if you're interested in learning just a little bit more, maybe maybe you've been learning about all this etymology, now you can kind of understand the, the linguistic nature and the nuances behind Latin and how Latin is formed, how it was uh, created way back when. You know, some things make sense, some things don't. I wasn't consulted in the design phase, so don't at me if things don't make sense for you. I'm just relaying the information that I was given. With that being said, would love your support. Hopping on over to any sort of platform that you listen to this podcast on, giving me a rating. It's a very free way to support me and help me out. Uh, and why, by saying very free, it is very free. And I would love to shout you out if um, you guys are doing so. I haven't heard a, one in a while from Apple Podcast, but those are ones that I always like to show some love and reciprocate the love back. So if you decide to leave, leave a rating, I'd love to hear a little blurb about, you know, why you did so. And uh, I can plug it on the podcast here and you can hear yourself getting shouted out. So there you go. With that being said, I'm going to leave it there. And we'll dive on into our episode dealing with the first declension in Latin. All right, so diving into understanding the first declension in cases, what cases are, um, and we'll dive into this um, further, but the term declension, it has two meanings in Latin. The same thing with conjugation, but conjugation uh, refers to verb land is what I tell my students. So declension is predominantly noun adjective land. And it has two meanings. Declension first is the process of joining a case ending onto a noun base. And secondly, it is a term used to refer to one of the five categories of Latin nouns distinguished by the sound ending uh, the noun base. You have an A, an O, a U, or you have an I, U, or an E. First, let's look at the three basic characteristics of every Latin noun. You have case, you have number, and you have gender. Um, all Latin nouns and adjectives have three grammatical qualities. First, case. This is how the noun functions primarily in the sentence. That is, is it the subject, the direct object, the object of the preposition, or any of the many other uses that we'll go over? Secondly, number. Is it singular or is it plural? And thirdly, gender masculine, feminine, or neuter. Every noun in Latin will have one case, one number, and one gender, and only one of the, each of these distinct qualities. In other words, a noun in a sentence cannot be both singular or plural or masculine and feminine. Makes sense? I think you get the gist. Now, let's look at a basic sentence structure as I apply it to Latin grammar, and then we'll kind of flesh it out. Let's start with this... Um, it, I, I wrote down kind of a dumb sounding example, but listen here. 
the grandmother of my girlfriend gave her daughter a coin from her purse, your majesty. I know that was a long sentence, kind of weird. The grandmother of my girlfriend gave her daughter a coin from her purse, your majesty. One more time, but instead of saying the grandmother of my girlfriend, I can instead say my girlfriend's grandmother gave her daughter a coin from her purse, your majesty. Do you see how I kind of changed that? And they still retain the same quality. Now we'll get into it. Grandmother, the grandmother of my girlfriend. Well, grandmother, in this case, I don't know. What do you think? Is it the subject, the direct object, possessive noun, indirect object? What would you think? It's the subject of a sentence. So grandmother here is the subject of a sentence. How about of my girlfriend? Now, as you noticed in my last example, I said the girlfriend's mother or my girlfriend's mother, a.k.a. I put girlfriend with the ticky mark S. Now, why would I do that? Of my girlfriend. What part of speech is that? Is that showing... Well, we know that it's not the subject because the grandmother is the subject. Is that showing an indirect object quality, prepositional phrase? Where are we at with that? Of my girlfriend. Well, I'll tell you. If you haven't already guessed, it shows it to be a possessive noun. Okay, girlfriend is a possessive noun. My girlfriend's grandmother or the girlfriend of my, or I'm sorry, the my girlfriend's grandmother or the grandmother of my girlfriend. Whose grandmother is it? It's my girlfriend's. How about gave? What's gave here? It's a verb. How about her daughter? The grandmother of my girlfriend gave her daughter a coin from her purse. Her daughter here comes after the verb. What typically comes after the verb, y'all? Please don't let me down here. Well, in this case, there's a little bit slight nuance. Her daughter, which could also be expressed as to her daughter, to or for, for all my students that know, there's a case that clearly indicates to or for something, and that is the indirect object, aka the dative case, but we haven't gotten into cases yet, so we'll, we'll pause that for a second. A coin. So, the grandmother of my girlfriend gave her daughter a coin. What about a coin? What if we negated her daughter? The grandmother of my girlfriend gave a coin. What is she doing here? She's giving a coin. What is the action here? Giving. And what is the direct object of that action being given? A coin. What is the coin? It's the direct object of a sentence. From her purse in this case. Well, from, I know is a preposition. What does that mean? If from means, oh, from is a preposition. Preposition literally means, if we assimilate it etymologically, pre means before, position comes from positum in Latin, which means placed. A preposition means placed before whatever it's modifying, a.k.a. whatever it's the object of the preposition, or whatever the object of the preposition is, a.k.a. her purse. So preposition from, object of the preposition, her purse, all together, Preposition plus object of equals prepositional phrase. There you go. And finally, your majesty. Your majesty here is a direct address. I'm not going to get into it very much, but I'll reiterate the sentence one more time. The grandmother of my girlfriend gave her daughter a coin from her purse. Your majesty. Grandmother. Subject. Of my girlfriend. Possessive noun. Gave. Verb. Her daughter. 
aka to her daughter, indirect object, a coin, direct object, from her purse, prepositional phrase, finally, your majesty, direct object. In Latin, these functions are not represented as they are in English, subject, uh, direct object, and such, right? They aren't represented like that. They have fancy-dancy words in order to describe. These words are placed in, uh, or rather, I'm sorry, bleh. in the first instance, the subject will be the nominative, so the word grandmother would be in the nominative case if it were in a Latin sentence. The next phrase of my girlfriend, which we know shows possession, would be in the genitive case. We'll skip the verb gave since I'm going to go into verbs in a different episode and dive into those when we look at conjugations in the first conjugation. The next noun, her daughter or to her daughter, is uh, the indirect object, right? And the indirect object in Latin, I'm going to pause for a second for any of my students that very well know, dative, dative. And then finally, a coin aka the direct object, would be in the accusative case. The purse, the object of the preposition, would be in the ablative case. And your majesty, the person being directly addressed, would be in the vocative case. All right? Now, let's look at each of these cases individually. First, at how they function, and then they're how they're formed in Latin. All right. The nominative case. Its primary function is to indicate which noun or noun serve or serve, rather serves or serve rather, as the subject of the sentence. The subject of the sentence is the noun or nouns which perform the action of the verb essentially. A sentence can have more than one subject, for instance, Caesar and his army, that would be a compound, like you and I go to the store. Those are also both nominative, you and I would be both nominative, in that case, or in this case with Caesar and his army, Caesar and army are both the subjects of a sentence. Next one, genitive. Genitive, the primary function of the genitive case is to show possession. Basically, the one noun, or rather that one noun that is owned or in possession of, a, of another noun. Excuse me. Got a little, uh, a little tied up there. Uh, on air. Choked on air there. Gotta love that. For instance, the man's house, the possessive man's with a ticky mark S would be in the genitive case in Latin. This would could also be expressed as the, the house of the man. Remember how I did that with that first sentence there. Um, but remember, note in English, English has two ways of expressing possession, either the of the or the ticky mark S's, either on the outside of the S or the inside of the S, dependent on if it's a singular or plural possessive noun. The ticky mark S is used to, uh, to express that possessive nature um, when we don't want to use that more formal use of, of, right? We could either say the man's house or the house of the man. I don't know. You get to choose. You're the master of your own universe. Congratulations. Next one we have is the dative case, which is functions primarily to indicate which noun is um, or which noun or nouns are indirect objects in the sentence. That is, who or what benefits from the action of the verb. So to have the dative case at all in the sentence requires a special type of verb. One whose meaning includes the possibility of benefits such as buy, build, tell, lend. Oh, I'm going to have to, let's see, all right. sell, show, give. I think that's, I think that's it. Uh, think about it and think about like some examples like as in like buy me a diamond 
or build me a castle or tell me that you love me or lend me your fortune fortune or all of your money. Um, sell me the space to show you the love that I can give you. I don't know. That was a really random sentence that just came from my head. Um, English has two ways of indicating an indirect object. It can be, it can use the prepositions two or four as I gave this to you or I did a favor for you. See how those kind of both indicate indirect object qualitiness. Um, or a word can be put in a special place in a sentence between the verb and the direct object, such as I gave you this or I did you a favor. So in English, Definitely note this has more than one way to do this. So in the dative, you can either say, I sold a house to you, but it can also be directional to, I went to your house. And of course, both of these twos are different from the two, which is spelled with two O's, which means also, and all three of these are different from the two. That means the amount one plus one equals two. And that's all I have to say about that. So remember, the date of two, as in I sold a house to you, can also be dire directional, like I said. I went to your house. You can either give it to someone or you can go to some place. Next one that we have here, the accusative case. The primary function of the accusative case is to indicate which noun serve or serves as the direct object of the sentence. I'm trying to be all inclusive to both my singular and plural here. Um, the direct object receives the action of the verb. The accusative case is also used to indicate the object of a certain preposition like odd or inter. We'll learn more about those prepositions later on. I'll get into those. But here are some examples of some direct objects receiving the action of the verb. The boy drove the chariot. What did the boy drive? The chariot. The chariot receives the action of the verb drive and is therefore the direct object of the sentence. The Roman army attacked Gaul. What did the Roman uh, what did the Roman army attack? Rather, Gaul. Gaul receives the action of the verb attack. How about the Senate passed um, a bill to kill people? I don't know. Uh, what did the Senate pass in this case? A bill. What does that make the bill? The bill equals the direct object because it's receiving the action of what the Senate is doing. Note, there can be two or more direct, uh, direct objects in the sentence. Often when the sentence contain, contains multiple verbs, such as you will have no problem with English grammar. If you study Latin, see how there are two direct objects in this sentence. Which ones are they? Can you think about them? You will have no problem with English grammar if you study Latin. The first one is problem. The object of you will have. Hmm? The second is Latin. The direct object of study. The second verb in this sentence. And the one inside the if clause. There you go. If you didn't know, now you know. Last, well, actually not the last one because we have the vocative after this one. The ablative case, the primary function of the ablative case, at least for now, is to indicate which noun or nouns serve as the object of certain prepositions. By prepositions, we mean words like by, with, from, 
uh, under, about. But the use of the ablative in Latin is far more pervasive than that. It is in many ways the catch-all case, in my opinion. It can show means, the instrument with which something is done, manner, the way in which something was done, time, the time in which something was done, separation, the two things uh, that are apart from each other, all things, um, or rather all these and many other uses are besides the point right now. We lock who I take all of my information for the most part, um, is right to call the ablative case the adverbial or to call the case adverbial in as much as it usually um, specifies sometimes how some things happen, for instance, with speed or in good time or by you. We'll spend several lessons uh, talking about the terms and learning different uses of the ablative because there are a lot of different uses of the ablative, just like uses of the, uh, the genitive and the dative as well. Last one, though, we'll get into is the vocative here. This is the only one of which shows direct address. I don't really talk about this one a lot, but in other words, it's the noun that is being called or spoken directly to, such as if I were to say Marcus with an exclamation mark when I'm talking directly to my friend Marcus, or you there when I'm pointing to somebody maybe or trying to get their attention, or oh, great Jupiter, if I'm trying to pray to great Jupiter, a.k.a. Zeus, right, because Jupiter is the Latin form of Zeus. In several respects, the vocative is the easiest case to learn in Latin. It has only one use, and its form is almost always identical to the nominative. And because nominatives and vocatives are almost always the same, rarely is the vocative listed in declensional systems, making it just one less thing that you need to memorize, which is why I don't really get into it very much in depth.